welcome to episode 38 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This is the Valentine's Day special. Yes, but special. Another special. Why do I do so many special episodes? I've done Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, now Valentine's Day. You guys are lucky I didn't do a uh, New Year's special too. Now, let me ask you this. Why do I do special episodes? Does this sound ring a bell? Yeah, it, it should if you were a child of the 1970s or the 1980s. That sound should tell you why I do specials. That sound meant something really awesome was coming your way on the television, didn't it? Some kind of like holiday special or something like that. I do these specials to kind of recreate a little of that holiday magic for you, for me, for everybody, for the world, really. I'm no Rankin Bass special. I know that. But this is me doing my part. Make everybody who listens to the Bobcast feel just a little bit more special. There you go. That's why that's your answer. Now, that being said, this special episode for Valentine's Day is dedicated to love in all of its forms. From, you know, those giddy high school crushes to heartbreak. From till death do us part to despairing loneliness. Yes, this episode has it all. I should say the songs of this episode have it all. The song, by the way, the song playing at the very beginning, what song was that? It should be playing so very softly and sweetly, even as we speak. Do you know it? I'm in the mood for love. Oh, yes. Light the fireplace. Break out the champagne. We're going to get a little cozy tonight on the Bobcast, where it's actually going to be out at like 5 a.m. So if you're still home, you can do those things and not going to work or something like that. There you go. I'm not going to do a whole episode talking about love myself. That would be pretty silly. No, I am going to play some songs that speak of love to me in some way. You know, maybe remind me a little bit of love or are very beautiful sounding songs, something like that. It may not make sense all the time on all these songs why I'm playing them. They may not sound very romantic or Valentine Daisy in some ways. In fact, there is one song at least... That is the total opposite of romantic love. Well, you'll hear why. I'm not going to spoil the surprise right now and say why that's the case. Because, this is another special thing, before I play each of the songs, there will be a little explanation of why the song is on the episode by me. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a backstory. And then, yeah, and then before each song, there's a little interview with a member of the band whose song is playing. So, yeah, fucking fantastic. An actual phone interview, not just me reading an interview. Well, one of them is an actual just me reading the interview kind of thing. Didn't really have a choice there. And one song, yes, unfortunately, I was not able to get a phone interview set up in time, but I had to play this song. You'll see. Now we've got some really, really great bands on this episode. I'm so, so happy. Got Sad Girls Club from Sacramento, California. A band called Legacy from Colombia, yes, Colombia in South America, Turncoat from Japan, Lost Avenue from North Ireland, Broccoli from Scotland, and also the UK in general. They did live in London for a while. You'll hear about that. And the Mighty Leatherface, yes, from Sunderland, England. Yes, Leatherface. There is one Leatherface song on here. That's quite a lineup. I know. Oh, it is. It is. So let's get to it here in just a second. But first, Let me give you a little history lesson about Valentine's Day. What is Valentine's Day? How did it start? Who is St. Valentine? Because it is called St. Valentine's Day, correct? I have no fucking idea. Well, I do now. 
Now that I researched it and looked into it, I definitely have an idea now. But before we even get to the Valentine's Day history lesson and story, so to speak, let's talk about beer for a minute. Beer is fairly romantic, is it not? Well, it depends on how much beer and who you're with, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Um, The very lovable beer of this episode is the Lazy Magic American Pale Ale by Plan 9 Ale House. Yes, the beautiful Plan 9 Ale House of Escondido, California. Like I said, that is a American-style pale ale, 6.7% alcohol by volume. Hold on, I'm going to check that beer out real quick. Uh, one sec. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that is good. It's good. I had it in the last episode. I know, not too long ago, just you know, earlier this week. This is one of my favorite new beers. I love it. So crisp, so clean, so refreshing, so pure of heart. I would say heart, yes. So let's... Uh, before we get to the history, why don't we hear a few words from Plan 9 real quick. Uh, st- uh, stay tuned. With today being Valentine's Day, I wonder what you'll be doing for that special someone. Well, I have a great idea. And the answer to any indecision on where to take that special someone on Valentine's Day. Plan 9 Alehouse. At Plan 9 Alehouse, you can eat a luxurious meal have some lovingly crafted beers, and finish the night with a decadent dessert. For example, I would highly recommend the Lazy Magic American Pale Ale. This is a crisp and clean 6.7% alcohol by volume pale ale that will show that special someone just how good your taste really is and also prove to them what a thoughtful and loving partner you can be. So go to Plan 9, Valentine's Day or any day, They are located at 155 East Grand Avenue in Escondido, California. You can reach them by phone at 760-489-8817 or on the internet at www.plan9alehouse.com. Plan 9 Alehouse, beer for the people. Thank you, Plan 9 Alehouse. Uh, I totally love you. I, I am in love with you. What is Valentine's Day? Who was St. Valentine? Here we go. Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine, is celebrated on February 14th of every year and originated as a Western Christian feast day. Remember feast days? We talked about those a little bit in the uh, Halloween special. A while ago, yep, that would have been back right around Halloween. Uh The feast day of St. Valentine, or Valentinus, honored Valentine of Rome and also Valentine of Terni. Valentine of Rome was martyred slash killed in 269 AD, and Valentine of Terni was martyred slash killed in 273 AD. Valentine of Rome was said to have performed weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry and ministered to Christians persecuted under the Roman Empire. According to legend, St. Valentine restored sight to the blind daughter of his judge when he was being sentenced for his crimes of marrying soldiers and ministering to Christians, which was illegal, and he wrote her a letter signed, Your Valentine, as a farewell before he was executed. St. Valentine was also said to have cut hearts out of parchment and passed the hearts out to the soldiers that he had married and also to the persecuted Christians that he ministered to. As a reminder, 
of their wedding vows to the soldiers and a reminder of God's love to the uh, pre-lion food Christians. Yes, pre-lion food. Nice line there. Hence, the Valentine was born, right? Well, actually, the hearts thing and the marrying of the soldiers who were otherwise prohibited to marry thing, those things are probably not true. The reason the soldiers were supposedly prohibited to marry in the first place, legend says, was because Roman Emperor Claudius II thought the soldiers would be less efficient if they were married. However, Emperor Claudius II actually encouraged the soldiers to take two or three wives for themselves after successful campaigns against the Goths. Wow. Really didn't like God. What what did Emperor Claudius II have against people in black makeup and black clothes, dark hair. Yeah, not those goths, by the way. So the marriage thing, it's likely an embellishment or just a flat out lie. What about Valentine of Turney? Well, it looks like Valentine of Rome and Valentine of Turney might have been the same person. Just a little bit of confusion on what day they died or were martyred or executed or whatever. Depending on where you look, both of them are attributed with, to, with doing the same things, the same shit. So there's a little bit of confusion historically on that subject. No big deal. Who cares? Let's move on to uh, the 14th century and Geoffrey Chaucer, the father of English literature and the author of Canterbury Tales. Yes, that, that Chaucer. Chaucer mentions Valentine's Day in the poem Parliament of Fools with this line celebrating the one-year anniversary of King Richard II of England and Anne of Bohemia's engagement. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird cometh there to choose his mate. Yeah, that poem was written in 1382 and is widely remarked on as the first association of Valentine's Day and love, or the feast of St. Valentine and love. A Hallmark holiday is born. Well, not quite, not yet. Moving forward to the 15th century, Charles, French Duke of Orléans, or Orleans, depending on what part of the country you're from, and Marguerite Bruce both referred to their significant others as Valentines in letters. And also, Shakespeare mentions Valentines and Valentine's Day in 1600's Hamlet. Really, the birth of modern Valentine's Day occurred in early 19th century England when paper Valentine's Day cards were mass-produced for sharing with loved ones and heart-shaped boxes of chocolates were being sold as Valentine's Day gifts. Valentine's Day cards hit the United States in 1847s and were inspired by British Valentine's cards, and off we went. Today, approximately 190 million Valentines are sent each year in the United States, and as of the year 2013, the average Valentine's Day gift recipient gets about $131 worth of stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a few bucks, isn't it? Sure is. Sounds about right, too, doesn't it? Many people consider Valentine's Day a Hallmark holiday due to the seeming commercialization of the day, which Hallmark themselves states to be untrue, saying, we can't take credit for creating holidays. <coughs> Bullshit. <coughs> Bullshit. Yeah, Mother's Day. Okay, you fuckers. Yeah, they're so full of shit. Hallmark has done more to commercialize holidays than anyone or anything out there. Guaranteed. Yeah, bullshit. We can't take credit for creating holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, fucking laughing all the way to the bank. Hallmark is right, though. You got to give them a little bit of credit for that. Hallmark and other businesses sure have gone out of their way to promote the shit out of this holiday and make you feel like a loser if you don't participate. They Haven't they? I would say so. What's my stand on Valentine's Day, personally? Thanks for asking. I'm okay with it. Really? No, I am. I am. I like it. It's a day... 
to tell someone that you love how much you appreciate them and show it with gifts and stuff and taking them out to dinner or whatever. It's not a bad thing. It really isn't. I'm down with the Valentine's Day. I am. I am. Let's move on to the actual Valentine's Day episode itself. What makes it so special? The bands, the songs. Here we go. However, first, I do have a word from another company that I absolutely love with all of my heart. Our good friends at Sticker Junkies. Stand by. You know, I'm asking myself right now, what would be the perfect gift for Valentine's Day? I think the answer to that question is a sticker design brought to life by the fine people of StickerJunkie.com. It's so easy and such a very incredibly thoughtful gift. Go to StickerJunkie.com and use the fantastic sticker generator to design a whole new sticker or simply upload your existing artwork to the StickerJunkie.com website and off you go. You are on your way to creating the Valentine's Day gift of all time. Don't feel quite comfortable getting your names tattooed on each other? Wham! StickerJunkie.com. Design a sticker. Have Sticker Junkie make the sticker. Apply the stickers wherever is most appropriate to show your love for one another. Valentine's Day issues are solved, my friends. Now to sweeten the deal even further, if you use the code BOBCAST, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T, at checkout on the StickerJunkie.com website, you will receive $10 off your entire order or the code BOBCAST10, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T-1-0, at checkout, you will receive 10% off of your order. Go to StickerJunkie.com today and get stickering. Thank you so much to the fine people at Sticker Junkie. Don't forget, order online at www.stickerjunkie.com. Use code BOBCAST for $10 off your order or code BOBCAST10 for 10% off your order. What a deal. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Sad Girls Club. They are from Sacramento, California. They consist of Shelby on vocals and guitar, Travis on vocals and bass, Eric on drums, and Liz on lead guitar. Sad Girls Club are fucking rad. They're a great, great, great band. Look for a full Sad Girls Club episode coming up soon. I know I'm going to be talking to them when they're in San Diego for La Escalera Fest in April. So that's the plan. They're a great band. I love them. Absolutely love them. And this is also the second time they've been on the Bobcast. Yeah, I do love that band. What what can I say? Shelby has an amazing, a great, great voice. The band themselves are amazingly good. Yeah, I love this band. The song for this episode, for this Valentine's Day special, it seems like it's kind of a sad song. But what does Elton John say about sad songs? Sad songs say so much. Indeed, Sir Elton Hercules John is correct. That's his full name. I'm I'm not joking. That's not his original birth name. No, it's not. But that is Elton John's full name, Sir Elton Hercules John. I love Elton John, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking shit in any way, shape, or form. I really am not. And I do love sad songs. I think there is definitely a place for them. There's a big place for them in my heart, for sure. This Sad Girls Club song is no exception. Before we get to the song, though... Let's hear what Shelby has to say about the song, and then we will play the song itself. I am talking to who right now? I am Shelby, and I play in a band called Sad Girls Club. So I wanted to ask you about the song again and kind of what it means. Could you explain it to me? Yeah, so again, kind of 
explores the feelings that happen after your first really big breakup. And it's kind of me looking at that first real heartbreak and seeing how it affected me and how in turn it affected how I treat others, like on a relationship kind of plane. So it kind of, it's more like an apology to people who I hurt after being hurt. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And I think we were talking about a little bit earlier too, something you were saying, it wasn't just necessarily people you're in a relationship with. It was also friends and people outside of the relationships as well. Is that, is that right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So gotcha. affected other people because of my own package that I have. Kind of an apology song in some ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Definitely an apology. It's fitting, I think, for like a Valentine's Day special. I mean, it's not really typically like <laughs> a love song, right? But it, it, I mean, it has, it talks about relationships. So that was kind of why. Yeah, it, absolutely. And it's a really sad sounding song too. But that's great because sad songs actually can be like Elton John says. What does Elton John say about sad songs? Uh, I don't know, but I feel like sad songs like definitely soothe my soul. You don't know what Elton John said. Sad songs say so much. Okay, cool. So what what's coming up for Sad Girls Club in the future? So we have a couple things lined up that we can't really talk about yet because they're not announced. But we have some traveling ahead of us. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, uh, top, to- touring? Have you have like touring coming up? A little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of just travel in general to play some shows. And cool. then... We also are doing a split with Lightweight, All Weather, and Mercy Music, like a four-way split that will hopefully be coming out in April or May. Oh, great. And then we are writing our next album. So a lot of of really good stuff coming up. Okay, great. Great, great. Well, I look forward to anything that you guys do. Thank you. You got it. You got it. Okay, great, Shelby. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me. Okay, no problem, Shelby. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Bob. Best of me and left the rest of me for some.
Thank you to Sad Girls Club, Shelby and Sad Girls Club, for that interview and the song. God, they're great. I can't wait for their next record to come out. Super awesome band. Yeah, yeah. Super, super good. Next up is Turncoat from Japan. I first heard of the band Turncoat earlier in 2019. They were referred to me by my friend Graham Gilmore when I was looking for a band from Japan for a Bobcast episode, specifically the episode about Godzilla. Godzilla, Japan, get it? Okay, great. I am so incredibly, incredibly glad that Graham turned me on to Turncoat. They're so fucking great. Seriously, I have not stopped listening to that band since he turned me on to them last year. This song by Turncoat, it's kind of a complicated song. It's it's kind of a love song, but it's complicated, and the name of that song is Translucent. Love is complicated sometimes, is it not? Yes. Well, unfortunately... Another complication with this part of the episode, Takahiro of Turncoat didn't feel comfortable doing a phone interview with me. He felt his English wasn't quite up to par. I completely digress. His English, Takahiro, let me tell you something. Your English is probably better than mine. And at the very least, better than half the fucking dipshits living in the United States. That is a true statement. It has to be. Uh, So what's going to happen here? I'm just going to read the answers and questions with Takahiro of Turncoat, and then after that, I'm going to play the song Translucent. But what what a great and lovely song. Lovely. That's the best way I can describe this song. It's such a beautiful song. I feel like this song encompasses a lot of emotions. Loss, maybe the death of a loved one, death in general. I don't know. It's really a fucking beautiful song. I can't put it into words, but what this song makes me feel like this sense of loss inside. And that's also part of loving someone, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Let's let uh, Takahiro kind of explain things in his own words as read by me, Bob. Here we go. What year did the band Turncoat start? Turncoat started in 2010. This year, 2020, will be 10 years as a band. Who is in the band and what do they do? Takahiro, formerly of the band Driftage, guitar and vocals. Kiyohi Mall, Higashi, ex Paul Mall, ex Fragments Band, bass and backing vocals. And Kiyomi, ex Sayonara Bluebird Band, is on drums and vocals. And I believe Kiyomi and Takahiro are married. So, ooh, that ups the uh, romance factor a little bit on this one, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it sure does. Takahiro then says, Kyohi also lives very far away from us. He plays guitar in a band called Scene Sick. It's a hardcore band, and some of the members of that band play in another band called Conga Fury. What is the meaning behind the song Translucent? Is it a love song? What does the song mean to you? These words are Takahiro's. There are many encounters and partings. It was separation, departure, birth, and death. It is a song that sang what I felt as I saw many people passing by, and I think that it includes love in various forms. So that's it for what Takahiro had to say to me. I'm just going to read the lyrics to this song before I play the song. That way maybe you'll get a little bit of a better idea of what the song is about. These fucking lyrics are poetry. I swear to God, they're so good, so lovely. Here it is, the lyrics for the song, Translucent. Your voice echoes in my head. Are you still there? The surroundings are noisy and my mind dries. My heartbeat is nothing but rough, but there's no one here. Just sprawling, lonely scenery. I am stunned. Call me. How long will you stay here? 
You can go anywhere. What are you looking for? Where is the end? Just passing through, no one stays. This is a waypoint. No one will stay. It looks beautiful, but feels cruel. Call me. My existential proof, my only rebellious statement, I will see you off. A little sorrow hangs around me, another time like someday. A few farewells, let me move forward for a while. Our last promise, so never turn around. Your voice echoes in my head. The surroundings are still noisy. My heartbeat is nothing but rough. If I could turn back the time. Jesus Christ, that's heavy. God damn, I almost went to tears over that. Whoa, that's good. So let's get to the song. Here is Turncoat with the song Translucent.
All right, thank you so, so much to the band Turncoat for that song and for the replies to the email, Takahiro and the rest of you. I really, really appreciate it. Up next is Lost Avenue. Now, Lost Avenue is a band or was a band from Northern Ireland that I first heard of on Facebook. See, my friend Graham runs a record label called Little Rocket Records out of the UK, and he put out Lost Avenue's very first full-length record, Fears, in 2018. Graham posted a video for the song Audrey, and I was pretty much hooked on this band from there on out. This band is fucking great. Like I said with the was, sadly, they have broken up, but the drummer Michael and singer-guitarist Dylan have a new band called Gas Hands. So if you like this Lost Avenue stuff that I'm about to play, keep your eyes and ears out for the band Gas Hands. Fantastic. Dude, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Lost is so good. In fact, Lost Avenue, in fact, gets two songs in this episode uh, because I said so. That's why. Actually, I just really, really like this band. I love this band. Both songs are fairly similar, meaning-wise. So I wasn't really sure what was going on with them. Yeah, and they are actually both really great songs, too. I get the feeling both songs were kind of about like a breakup type of situations or something like that, and that's that's part of love. Again, you know, we're getting to many different facets of love here. Breakups are part of love and relationships sometimes, right? Okay, yeah, there you go. Well, I wasn't really 100% correct on my assessment of what these two songs were about, as you will hear in a minute. Without further ado, here's a little interview with Dylan Bradley of the band Lost Avenue and the songs Audrey and All My Winds. I'm with Dylan Bradley, formerly of the band Lost Avenue. Now you have a new band. What's the name of your new band, Dylan? Gas Hands, we're called. Gas Hands, Gas Hands. Excellent. How long hands, How long yeah. have you been doing the, the new band thing? Um, Less than a year, probably like 10 months. I think Lost Avenue split up in March 2018, and we sort of started doing this maybe like a month after. So. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Why, can I ask, why did Lost Avenue stop playing together? Uh, well, we just sort of like, I think it sort of ran out of course, and our uh, bass player left a few months before that and then we had a stand-on bass player for a while and we thought oh, we may as well just go for something new oh just start and a new start a new band kind of thing sure yeah change it up was that the first band all three of you were in the uh, lost avenue <clears throat> well like yeah so i mean i started lost avenue when i was in school when i was like 13 oh wow, we had, wow. yeah but it was a completely different band with we had like maybe five lineups before the lineup that did like uh all the turn and the fears album and I was on little rocket records and stuff. So that lineup was about three years. Us three were playing together, but uh, like a lot of the music that I was writing post fears was quite different from what we were doing in Lost Avenue. I thought it would just be better to kind of start afresh, start a new band. Oh sure, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. But did your ba- did the bass player move away? Uh no, he just he stopped playing for a while. I think he's uh, in a new band now. Where he's like stand, he's like uh, playing bass for some guy, uh, Darren, some Darren Doherty. So they work on that now. But uh, yeah, it's me and Michael who played drums in Lost Avenue. Yeah, Michael's another a, guy called Nolan. Michael's a fantastic drummer too. I I like I bought that Lost Avenue record. I ordered it from Graham from Little Rockets, you know, and 
told, oh, yeah. right away wrote him and said, hey, these guys are fantastic. You know, he's a great drummer. So, yeah, tell him I said that, would you? Yeah, make him feel good. I will. I will. <laughs> okay, very good. Be, I can right. be glad to hear that. Good, good. Now, you guys, so tell me a little bit about the, because I wanted to talk to you about two songs from the Fears record specifically, but can you give me a little bit of background on Lost Avenue? Like you said, you kind of started the band when you're around 13 years old, and then it kind of went from there. Do you want to give me a little history kind of thing? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, I guess, a long history because uh, we sort of we started to do a like battle the bands type thing in school, and uh, as soon as we played that competition, the lineup changed, and I kept the name. And then we sort of just went along from there. It's like a sort of like young band playing at like youth clubs and local festivals and all ages shows and that kind of thing. And that went till I was probably about 17. Oh, okay. And then we put out, uh, we put out like a, our first actual EP recorded in an actual studio and uh, did that for about four months. And then that drummer left and Michael joined and that sort of, I think around my 18th birthday, that's whenever we started like doing it for real. And uh, we got our first UK tour a couple of months after Michael joined and sort of took it from there. Uh, did the road quite a bit here. And then uh, I think we were looking for shows in the UK. And uh, I contacted Graham about a gig in Sunderland. And he liked what we were doing and asked mm. if we wanted to do an album. So we were just sort of like, yeah fucking happy days for sure so you were uh, still i mean you were only like 18 19 years old though around that time is that is that right um whenever we signed a little rocket i would have been just turned 20 oh wow 19 maybe 19 or 20 yeah i know you you're from ireland right what part of ireland are you from uh northern ireland so uh where me and michael are from a place called Derry, which is just on the border between uh, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And uh, Dolta, our bass player, and Lost Avenue was from just on the other side of the border, Donegal, in uh, the Republic of Ireland. And now our bass player, no one, he's from Rhode Island, but uh, lives in Belfast. Is there, Were there issues ever going between the two? Because they're, really, they're like two separate countries, basically, right? One's... Yeah, they're, but they're both in the European or former labels in the oh, European yeah, right, Union right. a couple of weeks ago so whenever we were uh, doing that there was like no issue there's like you could drive across the Irish border and there's no checkpoints there's no uh, customs you could just completely free travel as with everywhere in the European Union but uh, and that's still the case today but I don't know how long that's gonna how last. much longer is that going to last oh my god yeah. you guys toured yeah. you actually came to North America right didn't you do a tour a short tour in Canada a couple of years ago or yeah something? we were in Canada for a couple of weeks uh, yeah September 2018 that would have been so yeah we were yeah that was fucking good we were in uh, just on the west coast mostly in BC right yeah I saw that on Facebook like a couple of years ago that's awesome so you had a good that was a good tour you had a good time and everything oh yeah to, to date definitely the best tour I've ever done anyway have you it's like a, it's a totally different thing in regards in regards to like hospitality of venues and promoters and even like punters and fans are like really on the buying merch and supporting and fucking standing up the front and having a good time, which is not as common over here. I wouldn't say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you guys had a good time. I, 
have you do you guys ever have plans of coming to the united states yeah well we really wanted to in last avenue but uh that doesn't happen it's it's kind of like a dream you know like for any band that's not from the u.s to tour the u.s especially for punk bands because obviously all your heroes are fucking from there so yeah well good well hopefully yeah. hopefully some days someday gas hands will make it out here now let's yeah that's that's the idea as soon as possible really i've been listening to a record yeah it sounds like you're getting closer i mean you got some songs out there and everything it sounds great too i love it so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you're still doing something i mean i'm glad that the band lost avenue didn't just break up and you guys all went away kind of thing so yeah that's great so what i what this episode that we're talking about is all about valentine's day and love and all that Two songs on uh, Fears really stood out for me as kind of there. I think there's kind of like a theme of like love kind of throughout the record. They're a little bit here and there, but the songs yeah. Audrey and All My Wins. I kind of wanted to get your story on what those songs mean to you, like why you wrote those songs, because they both to me sound a little bit like maybe breakup songs, like they're about a breakup um, in the aftermath a little bit. Not, not necessarily. They are. You are correct in saying there was like a there's a, like an overall love theme there. But at the time, so as I said, I was quite young. I was like probably eighteen or nineteen when I wrote those songs. So, and I was like really, really committed just to being like a touring punk musician. But it was also eighteen or nineteen, so like a lot of people had girlfriends and whatnot, and like, uh, you know what I mean? Like you like girls when you're that age. So, oh yeah, emotions run very was, high when you're that. Yeah, young. emotions yeah. run quite high at that age. <laughs> yes. So, I was sort of like in a split place of where like I wanted to like date girls and whatnot, and like do that kind of thing like other people my age were doing. But I was sort of like forcing myself to not have any interest in anything like that because oh, I just wanted to completely streamline and focus my life on the playing music, and uh, maybe like excessively so, and and a unnecessary amateur way was just kind of like pushing every other aspect of my life out so those kind of songs are kind of about like uh i guess they're about like really not wanting to be alone and really wanting to have a partner or whatever but like just making yourself not if you know what i mean yeah the, wow yeah 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 okay i would have never guessed that by reading the lyrics but I, now that you say that it totally makes sense it does it does because you wanted yeah. to focus on being able to tour and not being kind of tied down so that you were free to go and tour and go yeah. to record and do this and do that, do all the band things. And then, but also a big party, you wanted to be with somebody because that's kind of what your heart was calling for. You're kind of torn in a way, right? Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, that's exactly it. Gotcha. Like anybody I was seeing at that time, like there's a lot of sort of commitment, like, like they like commitment that's used in the sense of like, where like I'd be like, this is fucking class. I really like this girl. I really want to spend time with her. I want to, and then I would just be like, no, I have to cut this off because I can't. I have to focus on what I'm doing in regards to playing music. So sort of forcing myself to do that all the time. Oh wow! Channel, then writing those songs for that record. That's that's definitely like a path to heartbreak in its own way. I would say not to <laughs> not to laugh at your plight. I mean, that's a very that's kind of a noble thing to do. Is you know sacrificing your emotions for your art in a way i mean not to sound too pretentious or anything you know but that's i think it's a noble yeah. thing i don't think it's a bad thing it's just that's rough though you know if that's if your heart's also calling you in one direction to be in a relationship with somebody that you like or love or whatever and you're like well i just kind of can't right now 
that's yeah, that's fantastic. exactly it. I thought at the time I was like reading a lot, like I was reading about like musicians like Rivers Como and whatnot from Weezer and people that like did that sort of like declare themselves to be just this artist and that's what they do and they just like I think he was like celibate for fucking five years in like the early two thousands and all that wow. kind of crap. So <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, look at look at him. He's cool. Those guys are fucking good. So I'll do this. There, you go. <laughs> that's great, great. All right. So, what is coming up then for Gas Hands that we um, should be looking for here? Well, we basically like the first our first like six or seven months of existence last year. We like uh, spent most of our time just sort of rehearsing and trying to like develop a sound and get a solid set list down for touring and and the studio a lot recording. Um, this year now we're going to be getting out finally on the road again. We're going on tour in the UK uh, in March. We're going to drop a new single on March 6th, just before that tour. Oh, great. Um, we've got two more singles recorded and ready to go. They're going to come out over like, uh, we'll probably, I think the plan is to drop one and drop the first one in March and then drop one at the start of May and then drop one in July. Sort of like with a two month break in between each one, hmm. getting the road as much as possible. We're going to try to get back to Europe in uh, September or October when we're still allowed. And uh, yeah, I think there's going to be there's a lot of shit coming up this year. So. Good. So sometime, hopefully sometime then a little bit later this year, after these singles come out, you think you're going to have enough to piece together a record and get a get a new full-length record out? Yeah, I think that would be sort of something for 2021. Oh, more later. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you really want to kind of work on the songs to get everything kind of just right before you yeah. get it out there. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, every we song. Wanna, we don't want to rush anything. That's good. I, I was going to say every song on Fear sounds pretty well crafted, like the, a lot of thought kind of went behind it. Yeah, it's quite a solid group of songs. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Cheers. seeing some, some gas hand stuff come out. Okay, great. Well, great, Dylan. Well, thanks for talking to me, man. Yeah, I think that you answered my questions for now, and I'll, I'm going to keep my eyes out for gas hands, and hopefully someday we'll see you guys here in the United States, or I'll see you over there or something. For sure, for sure. We'll be out your way Excellent. in the next couple of years. Excellent. Okay, great, Dylan. Thank you very much, man. All right, Bob. Thanks, thanks very much, man. See you right. later. Cheers, man. Take care, okay? All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye.
Thank you so much to Dylan and Lost Avenue for the interview and the two songs. Can't wait to hear more from Gas Hands. Now, up next is a band called Legacy from Cali, Colombia, performing a cover of the Misfits song, Die, Die, My Darling. What? That seems a little inappropriate for a Valentine's special there, Bob, doesn't it? It's totally the opposite of love. Like I said, we're getting to all the facets of love here. Even the opposite facets. We do live in a bizarro world kind of time these days, don't we? So I'm going to throw you a little curveball. This band, though, Legacy, they're fucking rad. They are super rad. They have an EP of original songs that are so good. They're like kind of like a horror punk thing. Ah, they're fucking great. They do a bunch of Misfits covers on that same EP that feature Robo on drums. Yes, the Robo from the misfits he's an actual he's a friend of the band and he's also from cali colombia that's so rad so rad. i totally found these guys by chance too just looking for a cover of die die my darling boom these guys popped up legacy and i looked into them i go oh these guys are from colombia listen to more of their songs and i go god these guys are fucking great wrote jorge from legacy wrote back interview song here we go Fuck, it's so awesome so here is the interview with Jorge before the song. Uh, the song is Die, Die, My Darling, as performed by the band Legacy from Cali, Colombia. Here we go. So I am on the phone with Jorge from the band Legacy. Tell me about Legacy, Jorge. Who Who is in the band? Well, we started Legacy around 2007. Uh, we are from Cali, Colombia. Uh, we uh, are huge fans of of the Misfits, of on the horror punk scene, and we started the band like a cover band, but we decide to make uh, uh, our own songs around one year after the band 
was uh, formed. Oh, and so you then, started as a Misfits cover band only, but then you started doing your own songs eventually. Yeah, we, yeah, we have an, an we have an album called Working Working Corpus. Uh, we released the album around 2010, and we have uh, uh, our songs, and we have the chance to to play with Robo from the Misfits and that album in the the Misfits covers. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know who Rolo is. Oh yeah, de- absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I was that was yeah. one of the questions I was going to ask you <laughs> was about oh, Robo. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's from Cali, Colombia. The band is also from from there. Oh, Robo's and, from. And, oh, that's why Robo had problems playing drums when the Misfits was Jerry. And Des Cadena, right? Because he had passport problems or something, didn't he? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I don't know uh, the problem uh, uh, about that, but yeah, I, I assume that it is it's one of the things that that he can make troubles properly from in Europe. And I don't know. I don't know very well that 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 topic, but uh, we we I know Rob since. 2005, uh, since we, since he was in the Misfits, playing drums in the in the new incarnation of the Misfits with Jerry Only. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and and we have a, a good friendship uh, between the band and him. He's a very nice uh, person, and well, uh, uh, that uh, we started like a cover band, as I said before. So in 2009, uh, I I just called Robo and and, and asked him uh, to play with us and and see and he said yes. That was a surprise for us and we started to rehearsal with him and we we, we recorded that the songs and we recorded the album with the Die Die My Darling uh, songs with in the album and the rehearsal with him. So does he live? In Cali right now, or is he? Yeah, yeah, he travels a lot between Cali and and New Jersey. Uh, he, uh, uh, but but he lives in Cali. Wow, crazy! I had no idea he still lived there. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So that did that. The Walking Corpses EP. Over half of that is Misfits covers. In the will you, how many songs? are original songs that you guys did on that? We have around 10 songs, original songs. Uh, uh, that's horror punk. Uh, we have uh, in that album that, that that songs, and we have around 10 cover songs for the Misfits in that album. That's great. It's a great record. I love it. I listened to it all on YouTube, and I really, really <laughs> like The originals are great, man. I really like them. They're really, really good. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Of course. So now, what what's it like in Colombia? What's the music scene like in where you live in Colombia? Well, the horror punk here is not so popular as the regular punk, the uh, the anarchist punk, and things like that. Uh, and the and the punk scene is 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 it has has been uh, getting down in the last years. Uh, it's very hard to find uh, people that likes the the music that you play. So our our concerts are I don't know maybe fifty people or or one hundred people. So it's hard to to make rock and roll here. Not just punk, it's, it's metal metal too, metal music and 
Oh, it's, so, it's not that, but not very popular then, huh? No, no, it's not popular. And we, we have a dream to play in the United States. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm living in Bogota, in the capital of Colombia. The band is in Cali. So we uh, play uh, not, uh, uh, not so regularly as we want, but, well, we try to, to, to we, we have fun with when we, we meet and with when we play. But you don't get the chance to do that as much as maybe you want to do it, kind of no, thing. No, no. We are uh, at the beginning. I, I think that until uh, 2013, we played uh, more than than we play now. Then, and well, it, it's hard to make a concert here. Like I say before, um, the bands don't get uh, the money to 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 pay their expenses. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's hard to it's hard. it's hard to play. Yeah, it's hard to pay. Yeah. It's hard to get. So there's yeah, no. Yeah. Are there any permanent? And we and we and we sing in English. That is weird because here all the back palm bands sing in Spanish because it's all language. Sure. Uh, so uh, so uh, we decide to play it in in English uh, to make more people, more fans from from Europe and the United States. So yeah. the. What would you say you're a huge fan of the Misfits then, right? What what's your favorite Misfits song? Do you have a favorite Misfits song? Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge Misfits fan. I'm a collector from the Misfits. I have a, a record collection on vinyls and cassettes and well, singles from the Misfits. Uh, I I prefer the the early era with, with Glenn. With Landanzig, so my favorite record, like uh, I think that is the R.A.D. Um, uh, well, uh, there's many songs that I love. That there's a lot of songs I, to choose from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe Blood uh, Feast uh, or Vampira or Hybrid Moments. We are one thirty eight. The Hybrid Moments is a great song. Yeah. Yeah, there's many, many songs. I think that all the the early songs from the dancing era are my favorites. Cool. What do you, what do you think about the Michael Graves version of the Misfits? Oh, well, it's it's a good version. I don't have anything against them, but uh, I prefer the dancing era. But I have I, I'm a collector. I I collect all the eras from the Misfits. I have all the records uh, till the till the Jerry incarnation so i don't have uh, i but i prefer the dancing era sure I like i think most most people seem to prefer that those were the yeah, best i, I think those were the best songs really when, you know when when they uh when they decide to make the reunion shows in 2016 i was uh in here in bogota and i was the first <laughs> in, in in buy the ticket for going to the chicago shows to the riot Fed. Oh, did you and, go? Did you go to that show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wow! How cool! <laughs> to Chicago, and I was the first on the line. I was the first in the rail. Jerry only get down the stairs and send my flag from Colombia, and was a was a really good experience. Oh, that's great! That's great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Very good. We we have a flag that have a. The, 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 the flag said like we came from Colombia to see the Misfits reunion. I was with a with a friend from the United States. Uh, he's in Miami, and uh, he he was with me, and we was the first in the line. We was like six six a.m. 
uh, on the line and, 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 and well, we were the first there to get the show. Oh That's my really, gosh! Really good experience. You're yeah. you're very dedicated. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm 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 a little sick about the misfits. <laughs> sure. <laughs> now do, they're they're playing. Uh, when this summer or May, I think in in Mexico City. Uh, yeah, the domination fest. Domination, uh, that's it. Domination, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you, they're going. To, no, I I want to go uh, maybe again to the United States for, to if they announce another show. Like, sure, I will again because it was a, a amazing show. Oh, they amazing sound great show. with Dave Lombardo uh, yeah. playing drums too and everything. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I never saw, I haven't seen them on any of these shows, but I've seen videos on YouTube, you know, and I go, oh my God, I, the next time they come somewhere near me, I'm definitely going to go, I think, so. Yeah, you, you must go. You yeah. must it was a good show, then, you, yeah, you recommend it, it sounds like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, great. Okay, yeah, I think that's about all the questions I have for you, really. I just, uh, I really appreciate, let me use the Die, Die, My Darling for, it's for a Valentine's Day special. So that's, that's about the, close, oh, that's, great. that's about the closest thing to a Misfits love song that I can think of, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not a weird love song. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jorge. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing more. Hopefully more stuff comes from you guys soon. So Yeah, yeah. Thank you to, for your uh, for the interview. And wherever you want, we want, we are here. Great, man. Okay. Well, I'll be talking to you soon, okay? Okay. Thank you okay. very much. Jorge, take care, man. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Okay, thank you so, so much, Legacy. That's rad. What a great cover of that Misfit song, right? I mean, it, dude, it was perfect. Perfect. And that was Robo playing drums on that song, too, which makes it even better. On to Broccoli. Oh, boy. Bro- oh, Broccoli. How do I love the Let Me Count the Ways? I love the band Broccoli so, so much. I love the band so much more than the vegetable, too. I should say, uh, yeah, trust me on that. Um, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Broccoli Record Home, that record is a huge love letter straight to my heart. As far as I'm concerned, I cannot say how much this record has meant to me over the years, especially the song I'm going to play, Sleep Tight, off of the record Home. Sleep Tight is not a love song per se, it really isn't, but it's one of those songs that's been truly a consistent top 10 songs of all time for me that kind of rotates around a lot, but Sleep Tight is always, always in my top 10 ever since 1999. It truly is. One thing that made me want to play this song on this episode in particular, it's just how fucking goddamn beautiful this song is. I mean, you're, are you noticing a little bit of a theme throughout, like, these songs I'm playing? I, oh, I'm like, oh, this song is so beautiful, beautiful. To me, this is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. It really is. But the very, very end of this song, there's this weird kind of uplifting part at the very end of this, like, kind of sad and kind of depressing song. You know, it's down for sure. But near the very, very end, there's this uplifting part that is kind of like the sun rising at the end of that part of Fantasia, Night on Bald Mountain, right? Where the sun comes up, you know, the monks come out and the demon disappears and all the ghosts and all that. That's the end of this song is the sun coming up at the end of this like horrible night. But that's what kind of makes this song fucking absolutely beautiful. This song gets me right. In the fields. I'm telling you, it does. What What's the song about, though? What is it about? I always kind of thought, based on the lyrics, that it was about coming home drunk and being sad. Which, you know, when I first started listening to Broccoli around 1999, I did that kind of a lot. Came home drunk and sad all the time. There's a little bit more to this song than that. So why don't we talk to the drummer of Broccoli and my friend, the illustrious Mr. Graham Gilmore, and find out more about the song Sleep Tight by the band Broccoli. Here we go. Sleep Tight is probably one of my favorite Broccoli songs for sure, but that always had like a almost a bittersweet feeling to it. Like it felt like it was a really sad song, and there's something a Mm. little bit about love. So I don't know, you kind of got the story from Grant who wrote the song, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Can you tell me the story, kind of what, how he explained it to you, if you if you don't mind? Yeah, I mean it's quite a it's quite a dark theme running through the whole album. I think you know we kind of talking about being homesick. We relocated to London uh, at a point. I mean the band could have split at that point. We needed to do some things, all all sorts of other things going on in the background. But we, for whatever reason, we ended up in London, uh, living across the road from Sean Ruggerbugger. Um, and you know that, that that album just like it's our whole experience of being there and how we felt. You know, at, at that point we kind of did feel homesick because going from small town Scotland uh, to London is we were kind of approaching thirty as well. I mean, Grant, you know, we're getting to that point where it's like 
what are we doing? You know, can they put everything into the band and realize there's nothing much coming back from it. You know, you put your whole heart and soul into it, your whole life, you dedicate everything you're doing to it. And then you look around you and everybody's kind of moving on and you feel like you're kind of stuck a bit, you know? Sure, sure. So there's a bit, a bit of that in there. Um, you know, Grant was going through a few relationship kind of hiccups and bumps in the road and stuff like that. Just like all of us, really, um, in some ways. Yeah, yeah I think that's a funny age. Is that sort of milestone hitting 30? It seems really stupid now thinking, about, oh, God, I'm going to be 30. I'd, I'd love to be 30 again. It'd be great. Know, right. and pains and stuff, being able to get up in the morning, you know. Oh, but how old are you? I mean, can I interrupt? How how old are you? I'm fifty one. Oh, you're fifty one. Oh, I'm fifty. Great. Yeah. Okay, I feel so. I feel wonderful because now we're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said aches and pains, I go, okay, he's got to be close yeah. in age to me then if he's saying that. So, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you? It's like there was a lot of kind of weird stuff going on when you were thirty, but oh my god, you felt so much better back then. I did. I know that. It's, for the, first, sure. it's the first time of that, and it's like it's weird. Turning fifty was like, yeah, bring it on, great, you know. Sure, really sure. So I'm still here. 40, That's forty was the same for me, you know. Kind of felt really good. So, um, but yeah, there's kind of dark themes running through the whole album. Um, kind of, it's kind of melancholy all the way through. It's very it. so many up. Yeah, very melancholy. I would say, yeah. There's a, I mean, there's a bit of optimism there as well. Definitely running through the first couple of songs and played one or maybe track one's a bit kind of dark as well, isn't it? Constance, but um. But the lyrics, if you look at the lyrics all the way through, it's quite dark and there's missing things and it's more kind of Grant looking inwards, I think, and feeling a bit hopeless and kind of not knowing where he was and feeling a bit lost and being in London as well doesn't really help when you're feeling like that, you know. Sure, that sense of homesickness people are, people are a little bit. shit, basically, in London, you know, so oh, experiencing yeah. that side of things as well. So, I mean, that song itself, you know, it's actually... It's a bit of self-loathing in that as well, and just kind of trapped. And you know, the, the stairs part of it, climbing the stairs to bed—that's a literal part of it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's part that means something to us. It's quite a, it's an in-joke kind of thing in the song because all the bedrooms are upstairs. We share the house above, like a like a betting shop that's above, just across from Grant, after from Sean. Hmm. So the references, things like that, are quite obscure. But most of the songs about, yeah, just feeling a bit shit and out of place out of sorts um relationship troubles um self-medicating with booze or whatever you know just trying to get away from the feeling should to dr- like drink yourself um, to sleep almost kind of thing yeah that's basically what's running through the song and it's just yeah it's all kind of minor chords and kind of like quite unusual for us a bit of a departure for us as well trying to play something a bit slower right right it, um, it is a bit more epic epic sounding which what we're trying to aim for i don't know what we were going for there but there's i don't know i think it's a weird thing at that point i think um what had come out radiohead what was it okay computer or like the second or third record was probably out around yeah. that time right where they made there's a big shift yeah. in their sound too to like a slower more melancholy but also kind of more epic songs would for that yeah, for, as far as radiohead goes yeah yeah and there's a Bit right at the end of the song, it's kind of an outro part. The song ends, and it's that little chord sequence at the end. I think that was kind of subconsciously lifted a bit from that. Not that we sound anything like Radiohead, but that was the kind of mood or theme that was kind of permeating everything at the time. And also, we 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 were all working at Southern Records, and a lot of really fantastic stuff coming out at that point, but really kind of quite dark. And so we were quite into Slint and 
all that sort of oh, thing, gotcha. you know. Okay. Well. So sure, sure. So we're all working there and we're getting free records and stuff and just constantly listening to you know, it's kind of quite changing, quite a sharp turn. Sharp turn. What am I talking about here? We're kind of music was evolving a bit. You know, we we're listening to a lot of different stuff, and not just trying to play straight ahead, full on sort of could do Leatherface, Jawbreaker style stuff. That was still there, you know, but we're definitely trying to put other things in there and stretching a bit. You know, sure, didn't always sure. work, but you know, it's a bit clunky sometimes. But we're kind of reaching for something, I think. You know, and that song. It's totally about that, you know, just trying to transition a bit and just try and get, you know, if we're going to stay together as a band, we need to try and do something a bit different, you know, so the themes and the music and stuff like that. Sounds a bit pretentious, but that's what we're, we're all kind of late 20s and stuff and a bit wanky, so, you know. Sure, I wouldn't call that a pretentious sounding song at all. No, that's a quite a lovely song, I think. I mean, it really... Whatever you guys, uh, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I guess maybe just talking about it sounds a bit pretentious. You know? Oh, like, sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. As you know, drummers drummers don't, are not usually called upon. To <laughs> 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 right, but right. You think of it, well, it's kind of, you know, it's just like I uh, just hit the drums uh, one take and I was out to the pub. Great. <laughs> hit it um, a little bit slower really, on yeah. this song, would you? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> we all got really involved in that process as well, just adding things to it and trying to make it, you know, a bit different stamp a bit of our own sort of sound individuality on it you know so it sounds like on that whole record on all of home that you guys were working together very well i mean almost like that's i think like your peak of all working together really well i'm not that the other songs sound like it sounded like you guys were doing things apart from each other but the just the the yeah there's a there's a like a coherency to the songs on home that's really intense i think it, to me that's like broccoli's landmark record you know what i mean i'm sure a lot of people think that way too did do you think that's kind of true do you feel like that's i think yeah with hindsight i think we had a bit more time to sit down and develop the songs and try and sort of you know just trying different things and arrangements and stuff like that we also got you know scott stewart who now plays drums in hard skin Scott was kind of, he'd been in another band called Apple Orchard from Dundee and he came down to, um, he came down to London with us and he was always kind of, we kind of always drifting around and he's like a, a multi-instrumentalist, he plays everything, one of these fuckers that just plays everything. Oh, God, yeah, like, I can't stand people like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so, you know, Benny had left, Benny was our original bass player, the guy passed away in 2005, but oh. um, he He's really great, and he was like, he brought something to the band that was, you know, aesthetic, and he's jumping about and stuff like that was great, Benny. But his bass playing was, as you would admit himself, wasn't that great, you know. So he couldn't, he couldn't really bring much to a three-piece band, you know. And it's like Scott joined, and he brought a lot to it, you know, brought a lot of melodic sort of bass playing, a lot of chords, and kind of interesting ways of arranging stuff like that. A little different, yeah. And because he was than... a drummer, me, me and him kind of got on quite well because he was a drummer. We could, quite easy for us to lock in and do suggest different things and you know it's a lot more melodic and a lot more options basically than scott joins you know so you can really hear that on the album and he's backing vocals as well you know so he gave grant a chance to kind of stretch out a bit more i think and do a lot more sort of you know had a bit more freedom to kind of create spaces in the songs and stuff like that a bit more atmosphere like you said you know it's kind of yeah there is definitely the atmospheric quality to that record i mean to sound like that makes me sound really pretentious saying that but there is like the, that whole record there's a whole there is like an atmosphere to it of kind of like it's a little on the downside but it's a it's kind of a lovely kind of down to me it's like 
Yeah, mm. we're trying to say it was not too miserable. It's, there's a bit no. of kind of op- optimism in there as well. You know, just at that point in time, that's how I, I think Grant was feeling like I think we're all kind of not adapting so well to city life. You know, it's a bit overwhelming. You know, if you haven't, if you lived in a small town and you moved to the big smoke, you know, the big shithole London, it's just, it's great for a while, but it kind of really burns you out. Sure. It's kind of an overwhelming just place. just on the edge of burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, so, I think Scott was a bit younger, and he adapted a bit better to you know. And some people are more adaptable together at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was okay with it, you know, but I was kind of, kind of feeling a bit like same some of the same things Grant was feeling as well, you know. So I don't know if that can come across in the drums. Yeah, the way I hit the snare drum, you know, I was feeling quite um, sad at the time. So the snare kind of I channeled that, and it kind of came through, you know, the kind of. No, it doesn't really come through the drum. <laughs> no, you know, right. the it's the like symbols. that was the <laughs> saddest drum hit I've ever heard. No, no, there's no. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not that much emotion you could put out through drums. I guess you know. No, but... you can either hit it hard or play it soft. It's just kind of like you know. And the weird thing about that song is that was the first time I'd really tried to play anything really slow, you know, and not to be too clunky. So I think it kind of the drums are a little bit clunky, and now that I listen back, you know, it's kind of trying just trying to feel my way through it and stuff like that. It's a bit kind of. It's unusual for me to play something like that, you know. There's another song, this last track on side two is kind of that sister song to that. I think it's a, it's similar to it in called Oh, is it well, 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 well wishing. wishing? Well wishing. Well wishing. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Got it. And that's similar in theme. I think there's also an instrumental on this. this called Home, and there's kind of three songs. They're kind of similar. If you're being wanky about it, they're all kind of have threads running through them. You know, it's kind of that. That's the they're the three the miserable quarters miserable trio of songs oh there you go <laughs> yeah it's... so they were they were kind of working on those three songs at the same time they're almost like there's almost like the same riff or things going on but we separated them all off and kind of as far as i remember anyway that's what we were doing it's just kind of they were jamming at that point for ages just trying to come up with bits and bobs and then we try and glue them together later on into full songs and stuff like that there's quite a few on the album like that are kind of welded together you know i think um the constants is like that as well it's got this slower longer outro on it as well yeah one yes. side one's kind of like really kind of a moody piece you know sets the scene a bit so i mean also sequence in the album as well it's like kind of grant was really kind of you know adamant that songs would go in this particular order as far oh, as so i remember a, you know it was just that, that, like a like a plan running a through. Theme. yeah oh, okay. transitions and stuff like that no i don't think it's really concrete but something there's a feel to it you know that especially side one and side two are really different you know i think Yes, yo, to- uh, I totally vinyl agree. Version. Yeah. I don't know if people know about vinyl these days. Uh, <laughs> right. The music, music storage um, device. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to get up off your arse, change it over, you know. Right. Well, I don't know if your listeners are aware of that, but. <laughs> some are surprisingly here uh, records are fairly popular like especially amongst That's like same here yeah it's still i think it's the for me it's like the most fun way to listen to music i mean it's so easy to sit in front of your computer and just double click on something right but isn't it kind of fun yeah. to like throw a record on go open a beer sit down drink a little no, beer I, listen no, and... I actually haven't thought about that bob no i disagree with that i like to sit with my phone and get pissed and just put <laughs> on and just kind of not move Right, that's, that's the ideal setup for me. But I mean, <laughs> my daughter's my daughter's got the turntable and stuff. And she's a total vinyl sort of addict and stuff. So, but she hogs it. So she's she's more into sort of like postcard record stuff and sort of sort of indie 
British indie sort of stuff, you know, jingly jangly things. So, oh, really? Interesting, you know, huh? Interesting. That's quite good, but it, sometimes I like, you know, if I put it on, I'm just going to put mush on. Do you mind? It's just going to Oh, you can't. She won't let you listen to mush. <laughs> oh, man. No, oh, she boy. doesn't mind that, actually. She kind of, she appreciates all that sort of stuff, but she's got her own sort of. Sure, so it's not like really her thing or whatever. Well, she Leatherface is an acquired taste, I always say, too. I mean, it's not something, um, you know, like you said, she appreciates it, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. There's, I think it takes a certain kind of person to, to really like fall in love with their, their sound almost, you know? So once you're in, though, once you're in, once you're in, you're, you're in, never going to get out. Or, yeah. You are a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You're 100% correct. Oh, that's great. I, I really appreciate all the information you gave me about the record home the song is sleep type okay graham great man well i really appreciate you talking to me that was awesome and uh i'll talk to you i'll talk to you soon cheers Paul. okay cheers, cheers graham thank you very much buddy bye. all right bye bye
how are you feeling after that broccoli song? I, for me, I'm feeling awfully uh, cozy and cuddly. Holy shit. That, that song is nuts. And, you know, one of the things that Graham was kind of telling me before we actually talked, the singer Grant of Broccoli said that song kind of fell back on when his mother would tuck him into bed and sing him a, a like a lullaby kind of thing. And, oh, man, isn't it? it? That song is so fucking beautiful. It's insane. If you didn't have love in your heart before you heard that song, you do now. See? Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. Happy Valentine's Day. Ah, boy. I mean, that song, Sleep Tight, would make the Grinch's heart grow like a thousand times rather than the measly three times larger than Christmas made his heart grow. Well, there it is, the song Sleep Tight by Broccoli. God, thank you so much, Graham. Thank you, Broccoli, for writing one of the, the best songs that I've ever heard in my entire life. I love it. Great. Now, on to Leatherface. Leatherface. Well, 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 if I'm going to do a special episode about love, I am going to talk about and play a song by the band that I probably love the most in this entire world. This song is not really a love song. Not at all. It is to me, though. Now, first of all, let me say a couple of things. Frankie was not available to talk within the time frame that I had to record and release this episode. I kind of prepared for this a couple of weeks in advance. I thought, okay, that should be plenty of time. Well, it wasn't, and that's fine. I tried. Frankie just could not do it. However, Frankie and Graham, also of Leatherface, are likely going to be in a future episode for a talk. I'll do my damnedest to make that happen. Yeah, I really want that to happen. That would be something that would be kind of the pinnacle of achievement for me on this Bobcast. Yeah, there's no interview with anyone from Leatherface for this final special song. I'm sorry about that. I don't really know exactly what the song that I'm about to play is about. The song is not superstitious, by the way. I'm not sure what it's about other than maybe hypocrisy. Mm, it's kind of a hard to say. It doesn't really matter, though. Let me explain. This song, literally, for me, is love. Put to notes and measures and verses and choruses and lyrics and on and on and on. This song defines love. Yes, I am going to end this Bobcast on a high note on a song that I feel like kind of personifies love for me in a way. Such a great and beautiful song. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. I would like to dedicate this episode to my wife, Willow. I loveth the infinity squared. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Leatherface for this last song. I appreciate it. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours.